Welcome to the Funky Pharmacist Podcast. This is Sarah and Hillary. Today we wanted to talk to you about sunscreen and maybe a couple other trending topics, but we're going to start off with sunscreen. So not all sunscreens are created equal. We carry a couple brands here at the store that we believe are safer than maybe some of them you can buy commercially and um, out there. So we wanted to go over a little bit more information about how to tell which sunscreens are better for you. Or best for you yes for sure I think it's uh, good that we start off talking about SPF which is Sun Protection Factor so when you go to the store what SPF do you choose Sarah well I've always been led to believe and I think I've been educated otherwise recently that the higher the SPF the better so I guess if I was looking I would be looking for a 40 45 SPF most dermatologists recommend SPF of 15 or and 30 Hmm. protection now if you go um, much more higher like for instance and I will will explain what SPF means but SPF 15 blocks 93% of rays SPF 30 blocks 97 50 blocks 98 so in between that 30 and 50 SPF is a difference of 20 right it only blocked it 1% more so really Bigger's not always better. No. You're probably paying a heck of a lot more. Let's talk about um, duration. So if you, is there a difference in SPFs and duration? Like how long it lasts? Mm-hmm. So what SPF stands for, let's just say if your skin would normally burn after 10 minutes of being out in the sun, applying a SPF 15 sunscreen would allow us to stay in the sun without burning for 150 minutes so they use it a 15 a factor of 15 times longer does that make sense yep but it depends on skin type you know if you're out in the direct direct sun and so on and so forth and then it's recommended that you apply every two hours okay so let's talk about i'm going to lead you hopefully this is where you want to go i'm going to lead you into what's um not so good in some of the other sunscreens that we might find out there what we learned, and I, uh, when I opened the store, we learned that um, Environmental Working Group is a good resource to go to. Yep. So it's ewg.org. And they have an awesome sunscreen guide. And they'll, they explain everything, methodology and how they determine um, who's good and who's bad, uh, what ingredients are found in all these sunscreens, and then they, they rate them. But a lot of these have potential, um, I don't want to say cancer-causing effects, but they have altered, um, they have the potential of altering your hormones, I guess, right? Yeah, which is really something to think about when you think about going to the beach or going to the pool or wherever you might go and everybody, you know, is covered in sunscreen and especially our kids in this day and age when a lot of our foods also um, contain a lot of hormones and things like that. If we're not diligent about what we're putting into our kids, it's uh, it's kind of scary. Correct. So the number one ingredient that you find out about and about and most most um, competitors, I guess, um, is oxybenzone. And oxybenzone. Let me back up. Environmental Working Group rates chemicals or um, ingredients. From a 1 to a 10. 10 being the worst for you, your health. 
one being very, very minimal, if anything at all. So oxybenzone is rated an eight. And what the FDA is actually getting involved um, in changing their rules and regulations and what they're allowing in sunscreen, but it's been very slow. So the FDA did a study, looked at over 1,300, 1300 products, and then they determined that a quarter offers, only a quarter of them offered adequate protection with no bad ingredients, um, no hormone disruptors, things like that. And is there other ingredients in there that are harmful as well? Yes, there's um, octanoxate, homosalate, octosalate, there's a whole bunch. And that can be found. There's a good list on um, Environmental Working Group. I guess this is kind of a silly question, but I didn't think about this before. Is there some of those products that contain multiples of those? Oh, yeah. So you're... Yeah, so you're getting a compound effect. Gotcha. Yeah, for, for sure. And then the stuff we carry here, so the brands we carry here, we have Alba brand and we carry Badger's products. Um, there's others out there that are clean, but that's just what we carry here. Mm-hmm. And uh, what are what's their rating? On the like the environmental working group, correct. Anywhere from a one to four, and the four being, um, and they take into account how it's applied. So the four being aerosolized. So zinc oxide has a one, so it's very safe. Um, but when you aerosolize zinc oxide, then that's when it gets a four because it's a inhalation hazard. Correct. And I don't know about anybody else, but if you have kids, the aerosol is way easier than the lotion. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, if you're spraying yeah. on your legs and yeah. away from your face and, and outside, I don't think it'd become an issue. It should be mentioned that the oxybenzone and all these hormone um, disruptors, what the FDA is finding is that after one application, these can be found in your system for up to three weeks. Wow. That's so can you imagine continual applications on a day-to-day basis multiple times? Yeah. And realistically, what I've been noticing is when you get into price, there's really not a huge difference between what we carry that is a little uh, well, safer and what you might buy, you know, um, at other places. It's all all about the same, really. It's not that not that bad. No. And for price-wise, I mean, you're... Um, so the oxybenzone, I'm just going to pick that one because that one's the most common. Um, the FDA proposed status said that there's... insufficient data to determine safety and concerns for skin absorption and hormone disruption however there has been studies out there that and the fda did one that found that there was 438 times above the cutoff for systemic exposure and it's found in every american and it's found in mother's uh, breast milk too and the way it works is that it's a weak estrogen for all these people who have estrogen dominance issues to mm-hmm. begin with and all these young girls who are starting their cycles early and things like that. It doesn't help No, our whole hormone issues anyways. really makes you think about what's out there when you think about it in terms of that and um, just the awareness that comes with, you know, I'm outside, I'm doing this, I need to have sunscreen on. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of the ones that we carry, like we mentioned, have zinc oxide. Um, titanium dioxide is another one. 
we discussed before, I think a lot of people have a stigma with the zinc oxide being this white stuff that goes all over you. And uh, Badgers does make a zinc oxide base that is clear. And they make it in kids and active and sport and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, definitely comparable to what's out there. They have a lot of good quality varieties to choose from. Mm-hmm. We also um, mentioned... We were talking about earlier about how these chemicals, not only do they affect us, but they're affecting the reefs, oh. um, the coral reefs and things like that. Yeah, you don't really think about that. You know, you're going into the ocean to go snorkeling or scuba diving and snorkeling probably more than anything or just swimming and you're going to sunscreen up and all that's in the water. Mm-hmm. So there's big initiatives to um, help that as well. You know, I didn't really plan on bringing this up in this podcast, but I can't help but wonder if we should bring up um, bug spray. It kind of goes with this. And with what we're seeing with ticks mm-hmm. this year, it might be something to touch on. That's true. Is there anything else we want to talk about? I mean, I didn't get into UVB, UV, all the types of rays and things like that, but I guess the moral of this with sunscreen is to know your your ingredients and if you ever have any questions and you go to the ewg.org it's a good resource research research it not just for sunscreen but all sorts of other products that we use every day Mm -hmm. and also they do rate um all the sunscreens out there so you can they'll do an overall rating so you always want to stick between the i don't know i'd say between the one and the four mark depending on yeah what you're using what you're using so yeah so bug spray yeah we've seen a ton of tick issues already this year both human and animal um so that's an issue and then you've got of course mosquitoes and anybody that has pets uh we have horses so we're always a little bit concerned with west nile even though we're all vaccinated against those our horses anyway there's a lot out there to be concerned with so the same kind of goes with bug spray as it does with sunscreen and the fact that they're not all created equal no not at all to t- it's a i'll throw my my home life scenario in there and this is just my personal opinion and i'm not telling people how what to do how to do it whatever but this is just what we do i have a hard time right now because they did find a hawk Right? Positive with um, West Nile. And, man, the mosquitoes were horrible the other day. No matter what I did, I put (laughs) all the natural sun or all the natural bug spray that I had on, and they were still biting, still biting. So I had to go. I. I You broke out the deep. I broke out the deep. Which we usually don't. I mean, unless there are times um, our kids tend to go do some. fishing and things like that and they'll be in and out of the tall grass and then you know we might take precautions to put something stronger on them but for the most part we try to do essential oil and vinegar based bug sprays correct which we are offering this year in a kit so if you're interested in trying the mm, do-it-yourself stuff yeah yeah apple cider vinegar has witch hazel some other um, essential oils in there probably enough essential oils to last you through the summer Mm mm-hmm and it does work. Uh, the downside is that you have to apply it more. 
Um, but sometimes if you put in like mineral oil, a little bit of dab, some mineral oil in there or some oil based, it kind of suspends it and um, it lasts a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Sticks a little better. Mm-hmm. For the horses, we've added skin so soft so that maybe it would stick a little bit longer and it makes them really, really soft. Mm, they smell good. Mm-hmm. What else? Badgers so, makes, we yep. do have a Badgers uh, bug spray. Mm-hmm. That works well. And we do carry a Vetroscience repellent for animals mm-hmm. as well. Um, we were looking into that the other day. A gentleman called and was inquiring about that. And that it's uh, you apply it to the coat and rub it in every two to three days. Um, but it's uh, pretty much natural. There's nothing in there that's harmful. I believe it's all natural. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of options when it comes to bug spray. It just depends on where you're at and how bad your problem is. I don't think there's a lot of the stuff that's natural that is really a tick deterrent that I know of. Yes, I know. Some of the essential oils, I think, to repel ticks. Okay. Um, it was a, I think I read somewhere geranium. Mm-hmm. That's a good, that, that's one of the ones that they use for bug, bug sprays. Hmm. The other thing to keep in mind is if you or somebody in your family is to get a tick that attaches, you should look into protocol for that because of limes and limes is downplayed a lot i think but we see people that have had it and are later in life and the symptoms are not a joke so i think if somebody in your family comes in contact and you suspect that they've you know had a had a tick latch on that you need to look into protocol to combat the chance of that limes and there is protocol out there yeah we have you can send the tick in if you do find the tick or remove it. Remove it. You can get the tick tested. There are a lot of resources out there for, like Sarah said, protocols for Lyme's disease. There's so many, <laughs> so many things out there, but we're familiar with a lot of them. And um, we have resources too um, to point you in the direction if we don't have all the answers or don't know where to send you there's a there's a lot you can do um but they do say if you can remove the tick to put it in alcohol rubbing alcohol so i guess with that same as sunscreen you gotta be diligent about what to choose and when to choose it i think with a tick problem you know there might be a right time to use that uh bug spray that has the deet in it if you know you're going to be in tall grass or somewhere that you're really going to be exposed to ticks especially with the prevalence of lyme's disease around so the other thing we're seeing in the outdoor topic right now is swimmer's itch. Yeah, it's a nasty little parasite that likes to burrow inside your skin. Ugh. An itch. An itch. So what's the protocol for swimmer's itch? Well, I mean, you treat it like bug bites, basically. Hmm. Um, I'd wash it really good with some soap. Um, wow, sh- sorry, I'm going to interrupt you. Should it be a specific soap? Any soap? Dial? Like, would, would it help to do an antibacterial soap or no? That was a good question. I stumped her. Yeah. Well, the mom and me would say I, I would dial it myself. Actually, we had a lady in here a couple of weeks ago that was looking for Fowl's Naphtha soap and said that she had read that works. So that would be something else to look into. Yes. A lot of people use that for, um, it's an old school poison ivy, poison oak. That and it also good. gets stains out, so yes. something great to have around the house, that maybe. Snap the one of those old school th- remedies. Yep, my grandma swore by it. Um, yes, I would say that's 
that's the thing to use um, depending on which way you want to do things um, and, and histamine cream I mean you could use a Benadryl to cream or a- if it was really itchy depending on the age of the child you could probably do an antihistamine as far as Benadryl tablet or something too right to combat it yes depends on if you want to go conventional pharmacy or funky pharmacy <laughs> that was a good one was <laughs> crack yourself up yeah Okay, um, so let's do um, traditional pharmacy first and then funky pharmacy. Uh, traditional pharmacy, yeah. You want Claritin, Zyrtec, something like that. Benadryl. Histamine to mm-hmm. stop the itching if it's too bad. And you can do... Um, Topical and oral, really, mm-hmm. if it was really bad. Mm-hmm. In between things, I think calamine. Calamine's always my go-to. I love Caladural, calamine lotion. And we have our own little you can i do have a recipe to make your own too if you wanted to or make your own calamine lotion yeah and you have a go-to because you're pretty much in a constant state of poison ivy throughout the summer yeah you know that brings us to that too we could do skin itchies all over the place mm-hmm. i have poison ivy right now that i'm putting calamine lotion on um the interesting thing to me is that you always get poison ivy but you never actually go into poison ivy i'm blaming on the dog and the cat. And the cat. And maybe dirt bikes that the kids go in and rub against. But, yeah. But if you want to go funky way, I mean, there's plantain. Sa- I mean, there's tons of salves you could make to soothe plantain. Um, chamomile would be appropriate because that's kind of like an antihistamine type of thing. Um, there's nettles. That's an antihistamine. So there's a lot of options depending on if you want to go traditional or funky. There's a lot of different avenues to take well that's kind of what we're seeing summertime pre-summertime things around here i guess Mm -hmm. we will add that we are facing road construction right now they do have 24 ripped up um almost to the dirt on the one side and they're going all the way to storefront storefront and when it's done it's going to be amazing however it's going to be a issue with us here until they're saying november if everything goes as planned so um, to get to us, it's going to be a little different. If you're coming from Lapeer, you can still get to the store right down 24. If you're coming from Lake Orion Way, you are going to be detoured down the back way to get to us. And we still are accessible that back way through the back parking lot. If you don't feel like you want to fight the traffic, we do have our online sales on our website. And we are more than happy to ship orders over $50 to you. So we have lots of options available. We are going to have some upcoming classes, hopefully. Yeah, we've been Mm -hmm. talking about having some classes in July after this whole thing. Um, We think we would be okay to have classes as long as they were a little bit smaller. Yep, so we'll go back to our herb classes and then hopefully we can add some more, a little bit of... Variety. Variety, yes. And I guess the other thing that we should add is, as we do this podcast, we are... um, I guess officially here for a year, not licensed as a pharmacy, but as a business. So that's exciting and um, looking forward to another year. Yes. <laughs> Can't really say that we're looking forward to the road construction. It's funny because I was telling Hillary the other day that we always presume when you start a business that the first year is going to be the hardest year. And I don't really think that was true for us. I think that this year is probably going to be a little bit more challenging than the first year was dealing with um, the COVID and the the road construction. So for sure if you're in an area stop and see us and 
and chat and um, pick up some supplements or vitamins or sunscreen, bug spray, prescriptions, compounds, herbs, yeah, whatever you need. All right. Well, I guess that about sums it up for today. Thanks for listening, everybody. And we appreciate it. We will talk to you all soon. Thanks.